Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Exploring Faith. This episode has gone live on the 9th of November, two days ahead of Remembrance Day. With that in mind, this week we've taken our thought from our Remembrance Sunday service. Richard will bring us the message along with a closing prayer as we remember all of those who have given their lives. If you want to hear more from us, all of our services are broadcast live at 10.15 every Sunday morning on Facebook and on YouTube. Just search Morley Salvation Army. You may have seen these active service gospels that were used by chaplains in World War I in field services and contain not only the gospel message but hymns and decision forms for soldiers' personal private dealings with God. Each gospel had a message on the inside front cover from Lord Roberts, hero of the Boer War. It urged, I ask you to put trust in God. And many did. Stories emerged that showed that these small booklets meant so much to those who received, received them. Offering from family letters or from the belongings of those killed in action where they were discovered with them. These active service gospels were recreated for the 100th anniversary of the start of World War I. They contained first-hand stories from the front line, and they look and they feel just like the original gospel of a century ago. The invitation for us today is to reflect on the same words that the soldiers read and make our own response. It may be that you would like a copy to give to a colleague or a relative or a friend to read, and the stories that a contained within here may just change their lives forever too. If you would like a copy of this to hand on to somebody else, please contact me. I have 30 copies and I'd be willing to send you one or two. During the First World War, there were over 43 million New Testaments and Gospels distributed to training corps, troops and civilians. One soldier who was sent a Gospel who had time on his hands, read and reread it. He had never shown an interest in spiritual things before, but the words of the gospel sunk in and he became a changed man. There were hymns at the, the back of the book and as he sang them to himself, he became known up and down the trench as Singing Jim. During a reconnaissance mission, a young soldier from Singing Jim's company was wounded between the trenches. A volunteer was asked for, and Singing Jim stepped forward to bring back the injured man under the cover of darkness. As he began crawling home with his friend on his back, a flare burst overhead, revealing their position. A single sniper shot rang out and Singing Jim was killed outright. In his pocket was a letter to his wife about how he had come to Christ, encouraging her to do the same. The wounded man offered to take the letter home to England and deliver it in person, telling Singing Jim's wife how her husband had laid down his life. The wounded man was given the letter and he did deliver it. 
but his company had one further request. While he was in England, could he pick up some more copies of the book Singing Jim was reading, which had affected him so much? Claim your copy. Get it to a friend. This book transforms life forever. I am sure today that we will not be the only church that will read from John chapter 15. This scripture is fitting for today as we remember the sacrifice given by our servicemen and women for our country and for us. The scripture speaks into our lives today as Christian people who, having accepted Jesus Christ into our own personal lives, seek to be fully devoted followers of Jesus, who seek to make fully devoted followers of Jesus. For that, to me, sums up the life of a Christian. Seek to be a fully devoted follower of Jesus, who seeks to encourage others to become fully devoted followers of Jesus. So on a day where the words sacrifice and cost will be frequently used in church services, on the TV and on radio broadcasts, as a fully devoted follower of Jesus, we consider this morning what sacrifice, what cost are we prepared to give for God? We consider what it means to be a friend of Jesus and also Jesus' command to love each other as I have loved you. Jesus' words in John 15 verse 13 have been acted on in different ways by different people. Jesus said, Greater love has no man than this that he lay down his life for his friends. Some have lived out these words in self-sacrificing service to others. Some have actually given their own lives so that the lives of others might be spared. All of us may be able to give examples of great personal sacrifice that we are aware of that has been given for others. At the time of the First World War, this verse was widely used in sermons, in lectures. It was set to music and sung by great choirs, but sadly, this verse was taken out of context and the text was used with one single meaning. That you, young man, because they were mostly young men, must go off to the front line. Do what you're told, and if necessary, die for your country. Many thousands did, and many thousands died. In World War II, this literal laying down of one's life has been part of the story of an orthodox monastic saint, Mother Maria. She was imprisoned in the Ravensbrück concentration camp, having for years helped Jewish people and others escape arrest by the Nazis. Though her health quickly deteriorated in the camp, she was able to inspire other inmates with her unwaveringly certain and even cheerful faith in God. Survivors remember that she kept many from complete despair. It is said that Mother Maria took the place of an hysterical young woman in line to enter the gas chamber. And Mother Maria met her death on Holy Friday of 1945. As well as the scripture we have read this morning, there are other passages in scripture that also suggest laying down our lives for others. 1 John chapter 3, verse 16 says, This is how we know what love is. 
Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for one another. Matthew Henry in his commentary says of this Christian love that it must be in the highest degree, so fervent as to make us willing to suffer even to death for the good of the church and for the safety and salvation of others. In Ephesians chapter 5 verse 2, it says, Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. I remember a few years ago, specialing at a core for their core anniversary celebrations. The core had a guest YP band and singing company visiting on the Saturday evening. One member of the congregation was two-year-old Archie. Archie was being looked after by his grandparents as his father was leading the band that evening. When Dad stood up to conduct, so did Archie. And from his place by his grandparents, baton in his hand, he imitated his father as he conducted the band. Paul in Ephesians 5 says, we should imitate Christ. Christ's love for us led him to sacrifice himself on the cross so that we might live. Our love for others should be of the same kind, a love that goes beyond affection to self-sacrificing service. That kind of love is not about self. It's all about others. The Life Application Study Bible of that passage in 1 John 3 that I referred to a moment ago says, real love is an action, not a feeling. It produces selfless, sacrificial giving. The greatest act of love is giving oneself for others. How can we lay down our lives? By serving others, with no thought of receiving anything in return. What is it then that God is saying to you that you need to give up to, to sacrifice, to be able to serve others? As we give up these things and follow the leading of Christ, we will find ourselves living in tune with God's will for our life, which far outweighs any other reward that life can bring. And as Jesus says in verse 14, you are my friends if you do what I command. Who would not want to be considered a friend of Jesus? And in that verse, there are two key words, the word friend and the word command. I presume many, if not all of us, have people that we, we refer to as friends, people that we associate with, people with interests, ideas and passions that are similar to us, our own. You know, in, in the New International Version of the Bible, there are 161 times that the word friend or friends is used. From the original Hebrew and Greek, there are 22 different Hebrew and Greek words that are translated into the English word friend or friends. So there is a vast array of meaning to the word friend in Scripture. The word friend found here in verse 14 is not just any old friend. It's not someone we would get together with occasionally. It is someone with whom we are very closely linked to. For instance, a, a husband, a wife, a brother, a sister, a parent, not just a casual acquaintance, but someone whom we are close to 
in a personal relationship. Jesus says, you are my friends. That is how close a relationship he wants with us. And that close a relationship is available to us all. We can all be friends of Jesus. Wow. The second part of verse 14 says, if you do what I command. Now, command is a word that sounds very authoritarian. A word which we maybe sit up and take notice. A word we had better not ignore as it's associated with people being in charge. And if they say something, we need to do it. In these days, restrictions are once again placed upon us. Some of the restrictions are commands enshrined in law, stopping us doing the things we love to do. And we become frustrated. And some are seemingly not able to obey the commands about these current restrictions that we have. And Jesus says, you are my friends if you do what I command. And many people who are not Christians would point to this verse to substantiate their claims that living a Christian life is just a list of things not to do, a list of restrictions, a list to lock us down from living life. We, of course, understand that is not the case. And in Christ, we live life. And we live it to the full. The word command here in verse 14 of our passage is the most suitable English word we have when translating from the original Greek translation. In some ways it is not the ideal word because it can give us a misleading interpretation of this verse. The original Greek would quote Jesus as saying we should live by his instructions that he has given to us. We should keep to those instructions. And if we do follow his instructions for life, then we are his friend. Again, as we have heard many times before, it's our choice to follow him and to be his friend, following his instructions. Conversely then, if we do not follow Jesus' instructions, we will not be known as a friend of Jesus. And I would suggest that that is not a good place to be. And finally this morning, we turn to verse 12. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. And the word command here is just that. It is a command. It is not advice. It is absolutely something that we must do, that as friends of Jesus we are called to do. In Salvation Army terms, it's an order and regulation. And much like some of our orders and regulations, is this a command of Jesus that we forget? Or something we will only do if someone points it out to us or when it suits us? Or is it actually embedded into our DNA? How did Jesus love? He taught us how to love through his teaching. He showed us how to love with his compassion. He taught us how to love with a servant heart. He showed us how to love as he washed his disciples' feet. Jesus loved us with an agape love, selfless, sacrificial, unconditional love. And he commands us to do the same. He loved us so much that he willingly gave his life for you and for me when he had done nothing wrong. He paid the price when we had created the debt. 
Love each other as I have loved you, Jesus says. He doesn't say agree with each other on every little detail and do everything you can not to fall out because he knows we are human and that stuff happens. But he does say, love each other as I have loved you. It's a command. It's not open to negotiation or interpretation. It is as clear as Jesus could make it. Love each other as I have loved you. You know, if human hearts became tender, if we truly live for others, giving when what we give is rejected, if we treated our foes as if they were the closest of friends, if we were to love where love is not returned, if we truly felt each other's sadness and attempted to dry each other's tears without judgment or prejudice, then the world will be full of friends. Then how much more shall God our Father in love forgive? Lord, we are saddened at the thought of war, of the soldiers who must fight, and all those people who are killed. Today we remember their sacrifice with great sadness. We thank them for what they did for us. We also remember that they won for us a victory, that without their bravery these wars may have been lost. And our lives could have been so very different without the freedom we, enjoy, we so much enjoy. We thank them for what they did for us. We are saddened at the thought of your suffering, that you too had to be a great hero and walked to Jerusalem, be arrested, tried and killed on that horrible cross. We thank you for what you did for us. We also remember that you won for us a victory, that on Easter morning you rose again and helped us to overcome our human nature so that we might rise again with you. We thank you for what you did for us. And Father, we pray for our world this day. We pray for peace in our world. Father, we pray for the United States of America. We pray for a united people. We pray for acceptance, to accept the outcome of the election they've been involved in this week. Father, we pray for our own country. We pray for our government as they guide us through this most difficult time. Father, we pray that you will give us understanding. And we pray that you will help us live for others and to understand others' points of view. Father, this morning as we have come before you, as we have remembered the sacrifice that men and women have given in war, we also come before you with grateful hearts for the sacrifice that you gave for each of us on the cross and for the hope that your resurrection brings to our lives today. We ask this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.